What is going on, everybody? It is your boy, Andres, and we're back with episode five of the Sports Fellow Podcast. Today with my co-host, Eric. Eric, how you doing, sir? Doing pretty good. It's good to see you again. Yes, sir. You too. And from the Shirt versus Skin Podcast, my boy, Tifu, my boy, Adri. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well, man. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for the topics and everything. Yes, know? sir. <laughs> yes, sir. So... I know I told you guys you're going to start with the NBA update, but I'm going to surprise you guys. I saw a tweet the other day that said that Tom Brady can be the GOAT because his defenses have allowed 12 points in the last two Super Bowls. Is that guy lucky, or is he just a, simply the greatest of all time? What do you think, Adri? Listen, why can't he be both, though? Right? I mean, listen, luck is a part of the sport, right? Absolutely. And, and when you talk about guys like, for example – uh, Pat Mahomes, isn't he very lucky to be drafted to that Kansas City Chiefs team, you know, under Andy Reid and all the weapons that he has? So at the end of the day, Tom Brady, when he needed to make the throw, when he needed to make the important play to win championships, he got it done. You can't take that away from him. So why can't he be both, you know? What do you think, Eric? Is this Tom Brady guy lucky? Because, you know, when we talk about other quarterbacks, we talk about, like, that their defenses gave up 30 and 40 points per game. And I know you saw that this year with Watson. Um, what do you, is Tom Brady lucky? I think there's definitely moments he's been lucky. Like, even if we're not just talking about defenses, like, you have the tuck rule and everything like that. Like, you could call him lucky for that. Like, he's had moments throughout his career where he's been lucky, but that's just going to happen when you have a 20-year career or whatever he's had. But that still doesn't change the fact that he is the greatest ever. And people who are still denying that are just trying – they're just going to ignore it forever. They're never going to admit it. We've said it on probably three episodes so far. He's the greatest ever. At some point, you have to stop denying it. He has more championships than every franchise in history. There's a chance he could win again next year. I mean, doesn't look like time's slowing him down. You just need to admit it at this point. And the people with the argument, oh, I don't care how many championships he wins. Well, why are you even watching this? What is the like, what is that? <laughs> That's insane. That's a, and people forget. What about that Eagles Patriots Super Bowl? Dude had five hundred yards. Exactly. Yeah. The greatest like it was insane. That was so, his best performance, and they lost. Exactly. So, like Eric said, he's the goat, bro. I, that made no sense saying like, oh, how many championships he wins? Seven. That's insane in the NFL where teams barely repeat and he wins more championships than every freaking franchise. That's insane. Yeah, like, that's insane. Before his career started, that would have been unheard of. Like nobody would have thought that's even possible. We would have laughed at somebody saying that and he's made it a reality. So at some exactly. point, just stop denying it. It's just, it's just funny because people – I'm not going to turn this into a Mahomes slander fest, but – they said that he was going to win seven championships, this and that. And, like, can you blame him for the game once again? You can if you want to be objective. It depends on what angle mm. you look at the game. But we all saw the same game. And Mahomes was not performing. The O-line was not performing. So, um, it's it's time to stop discrediting the man. After the Falcons come back, you can't discredit him. After the Seahawks come back, hell, against the Legion of Boom, you can't discredit him. He had his greatest Super Bowl performance against the Eagles, and he lost. So it's just like to say that he's lucky and um, not give credit to himself and just give credit to the defenses and Devin White and Jason Pierre-Paul, Giants favorite. Shout out to the Giants. 
It's just <laughs> yes, it's bogus at this point. It's just stupid. So Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. There's no denying it. Um, Eric, is he the greatest player of all time? Yeah, right? NFL, yeah, for sure. I, I think so. I, but I also think that just comes with quarterback having the most impact. So, Absolutely. That was a great three-minute skit to start the episode. I caught you guys offhand. But let's go on to the NBA. Um, Tifa, what's been the most surprising thing right now after 25 games for you, bro? Honestly, listen, this, this season, especially the start of the season, there's a bunch of shenanigans going on. But to me, is the Utah Jazz being the number one seed in the West. How insane is that? I mean, I don't know what your guys' thoughts about it. I was like, what do you guys think? I, I think it's insane how good they've been. And I think it, a lot of people, and I understand to a certain extent, but I see a lot of people just saying like, oh, we see this every year, then they're not for real. They're this, they're that. But they've never looked this good. Like they've never looked, they've never exactly. been the top of the league, best record league. I think they're what, 20 and five? That, yeah, that's yeah, insane. Like in a, in a regular 82 game season, I don't know what it would translate to 72, but I think that's on pace to win like 66 games. Like, that's insane, and we have to give them credit for that. We can't just look at the year before and say, oh, well, because they did this, we're not going to give them credit for how they're playing right now. That doesn't make any sense. They're playing amazing. They deserve the credit, and I agree with you 100%. That has probably been the most surprising thing to me because – and it's not only they're beating bad teams. Like, they're being good teams. They just beat the Celtics. Like, they're beating good teams and doing it consistently. Yeah, they've won, I think, 16 out of 17 games. In that stretch, Mitchell is averaging 26 a game on 62% um, true shooting percentage. They've beaten the Celtics. They've beaten the Nuggets. They beat the Pelicans. I think they beat the Warriors once. Um, and people take last year, like you guys said, as like an example as to what's happened this year. Like last year has nothing to do with what's happening this year. Um, mm-hmm. I was looking at stats earlier, and the Clippers starting five is actually the best starting five in the NBA this season. The Pat Bev, Paul George, Kawhi, Batum, and um, Ibaka. And people are taking it as, oh, the Clippers aren't serious. It's the same Clippers from every year. If you guys want to think that, then that's fine. Um, Eric, you and I have talked about this. Kawhi Leonard doesn't like the spotlight. Like, when he got traded to Toronto, he was literally under the radar. Like, he didn't mind anything, and, like, he was fine with it. So, this year, the Clippers have literally zero pressure. All the pressure is literally on the Brooklyn Nets or even the Lakers to repeat. And now, since we're talking about Brooklyn, shout out to the 646. Um Tifu, what do you think about, like, the COVID thing that happened last Friday with the, with the Nets and the Raptors? I mean, KD got cleared to play. Then he said they're not going to play. Then they brought him back. Now he's out for a week. He's back on Saturday against the Warriors. Um, what do you think about that whole scandal? Listen, at the end of the day, it just, like, it basically, like, rounds up everything, how bad the NBA has been with this COVID and throughout this whole season. Um, it's just so inconsistent. It makes no sense. Um, I don't know the specific protocols or, or whatever, but letting so uh, saying that he, they're not playing, then letting him come in, then taking him out, it just goes to show they don't know what the hell they're doing. And listen, what about the news right now that they're, they're going to have an all-star game? How insane is that? Like what? At the end of the day, it feels like they only care about money, right? Absolutely. That's that's what I'm. That's that's the feeling I'm getting. So, I think they need to be better. This is the NBA. This is the best league in the world in terms of for basketball. Should be 
the when you talked about how well they did with the bubble, and to see them doing this right now, it's 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 not good, not good at all. And and to add on, um, the the Nets are eleven and six when Durant plays, and four and six when he doesn't. Should he be in the MVP convo? Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Why shouldn't he? Uh, insane uh, statistics coming off of, of a torn Achilles, an injury that some people say no player can come back from. What he's doing, he's clearly the best player on that team, and it's just, it's just he has to be in it. He has to. Yeah, I agree. And averaging like thirty a game. The only thing someone could really say right now that keeps him out of it is missed games, which. That's just unfair to really use that against him. Like, what can he do right now against that? Like, and when he's played, he's shown his impact. The the Nets don't look near as good without him. Even with Harden and Kyrie, they still look like they're lost on offense sometimes. And even their defense, we all know how bad that is. It still (laughs) looks better at times with KD in there. But right now, they just – I mean, I think they finally beat the Pacers, but they were on a three-game losing streak, I'm pretty sure – and like you said, they're what eleven and six with him, four and six without him. He one hundred percent deserves to be in the MVP race. And the only argument you could use against him is missed games, which even that's not a very good argument. I don't think it's a good argument just because, like, can you play forty minutes a night back to back off on a torn Achilles? Like, the Nets aren't looking at the regular season; they're mm-hmm. looking at Larry O'Brien. Like, to asking mm-hmm. uh, someone that. Um, Torres Achilles to come back, play 40 minutes, and then the next I'd be like, you know what, go play 40 minutes again. It's just bogus. It's selfish. And all the entitled fans that are like, oh, well, we should watch him play. It's just like, it's stupid. Um, the Raptors started off shaky. They were 7-12, and 12, but now they're a fifth seed. Um, what do you guys think about what Kyle Lowry and Siakam picking it up lately? Uh, Siakam, man, he, he's been doing better, but I feel like every time I watch him, it just – I just don't enjoy watching him all that often. I'm going to be honest. Like, I, he's just, I, I do like Lowry. Lowry is one of those players that kind of annoys me with how much he flops and stuff. But, I mean, I supported for Harden for years, and I loved Lowry when he was in Houston. Oh, wow. Ooh. Whoa, what? what, what? Controversy. Saying, Controversy. No, I, I do like Lowry Put still. the feelings to the side, brother. And I always – like, I will defend Lowry. And he has been playing phenomenal this year. I think Fred Van Vliet. He's probably been my favorite player on that team to watch. But it's just been good to see how they started horribly. And I saw a bunch of uh, a bunch of Raptors fans were talking about, oh, we don't deserve anyone to even be considered an all-star. And at that point, it was true. But I think when things <laughs> are finally, finally starting to win, you could start considering some guys. Like, you could consider Lowry. You could consider Van Fleet, I think. I mean, Van Fleet, didn't he drop like a – 50-point game or something not too yeah, long ago. Yeah, he had like 11 yeah. three-pointers. Yeah, like he, he, I think I think you could start considering some of them all-stars because they're finally winning, and that's mm-hmm. what it's all about at the end. Of the day. I think they've won six of their last seven or five of their last six, something like that. Like, I don't know. It's good to see them picking it up finally. Well, no, it's not. I'm trying to get Kyle Lowry traded, <laughs> man. Come on, bro. <laughs> hey, I'm, a rock fan. I'm just watching from the sidelines. <laughs> I mean, did we expect them to be that bad throughout the – regular season no, no they would they were gonna pick it up but I think the main question really is what are they gonna do with Kyle Lowry you know you said uh, Fred Van Fleet is is scored 54 points they're looking if they get rid of Kyle Lowry they're gonna have a max spot this upcoming summer so I think that's gonna be the main question about where is Kyle Lowry gonna end up so I think they're gonna keep doing what they're doing they're playing well but 
we'll see the future for that team. And um, Eric, you are a big fan of Mr. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, do you believe in voter fatigue? Do you think that Giannis should get consideration for MVP? Um, yeah, I think he definitely deserves some right now. I wouldn't call myself a big fan. I mean, I enjoy Giannis. Like, I, I like You're a big him. fan, bro. That's your favorite play along with Harden. Look, I, I do. I do think he gets a lot of unnecessary hate. Like, it, it, it's just frustrating. Like, seeing people say all he does is just run through people. Well, all Shaq did was just throw his shoulder and lay people out and then dunk it. Like, you could do that for a lot of players. You could say, oh, all he does is this, all he does is that. I mean – Steph Curry does is shoot threes. Yeah, like, at the end of the day, he's putting up great production. And the the Bucks are another team that started off kind of slow. But I think they're 16-9 and nine now. They're top four – top three in the East, top four in the they're, East. They're second. Second? Okay. Like, he, he definitely deserves MVP consideration. I still don't think you'd put him over Embiid or LeBron. I think those two are safely one and two. And then you could argue Jokic. I'd probably have him third because of how, like, the, the Nuggets aren't doing so great. But he's been pretty much phenomenal every he's night. He's been all right. Right? He had, like, a 50-point game the other day. Yeah. Right. But I think Giannis has to be in that four or five conversation because – and he's been picking it up lately too. Like that game against the Suns, that was he was insane that game. And it it's annoying to me that it'll get overshadowed by a mid range shot that he missed that he had been hitting all night. He'd been making. I watched the game and he hit like four or five of those. Yet people are acting like, oh, there's no reason for him to shoot that. He was making it all night. Like what? If he's hot, he has what 47, 50 points on. Why wouldn't he take it? It, it made sense to me. It was a good shot to me because. That was what was working for him all night. That that OT game was crazy. That Friday night OT game, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. You know which one you know which shot wasn't a good shot? The one that Dream on took the other night. That oh was my what was that, man? He was trying to draw a foul, man. That's what they were saying. <laughs> but why? Like you had four seconds still plenty of time. The guy wasn't even touching you yet, so trying to draw a foul, that didn't even make sense. I, Draymond, he's one of the smartest players in the NBA, but that was one of the dumbest things I've seen lately. That that, that's so what he dumb. said. It was the smartest, dumbest play ever. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Listen, you also got Steph Curry, man. Give him the ball. Get the hell out the way. What are you doing? Exactly. Come on, now. That's, that's funny. Um, Tifu, so we we in the group chat, we always talk about Chris Paul and his impact. Um, the Suns are 15-9, and nine and they're the four seed. Do you think that CP3 deserves to be an all-star again this year? Oh, man, uh, I mean, I, there's a lot of people – in consideration for All-Star, especially in the West. But, yeah, I mean, look at the impact whatever team Chris Paul goes to. Of course, we were just talking about the Suns this year, but he's been – it's not just about statistics, especially with Chris Paul. It's about his leadership, what he does on the court, off the court. And, yeah, I, I, I do believe he should be in consideration for, for All-Star. Absolutely. I would have loved him in Miami. <laughs> so, we all know what happened. Yeah. We, yeah, exactly. We're, so we got a half court shot. <laughs> and yeah, so I agree. I agree. I, I think he does believe I think he does deserve to be an all-star. Yeah. Um Eric, last episode you talked about um will, winning follows Tom Brady wherever he goes. Can we say the same about Mr. CP3? Uh I, I think you can. I think one thing about Chris Paul is he's had he's definitely had moments where he's come up short but that's that's how it's going to be in the NBA that happens for pretty much every player even if you talk about MJ or LeBron they come up short like 
whenever you you look at Chris Paul, and I'm one of those few Rockets fans that would argue that Chris Paul was our best player in the playoffs in 2018. Like he was the leader of that Western Conference team that I, I, I know it's a hypothetical what you hate on just, I think that was the team that was going to win the finals if he didn't get hurt. And I think his impact was shown throughout the playoffs. He is one of those players, like he said, stats don't do Chris Paul justice. They never have. They never will. His impact on the court is – just by watching the game, you can see it every time. He's a great defender. His his passing is insane. Even – he's a very efficient scorer. He can shoot. He can drive. Like, he does pretty much everything you want. The only flaw I'd really say he has is he's not aggressive enough at certain times. And that's – I think that's held him back at times. If he – like, game five, 2018 versus the Jazz, one of, that might be the single greatest playoff performance I've ever seen. And if he could do that more often and take over and put his foot down and be aggressive and make sure he's the one getting the shots, then who knows? We might have already seen him make the finals. But I think that is the one thing holding him back. But I still think you do have to say yes to the argument that winning follows him. Because even the Thunder, what, they had a 0.2% chance was the stat or something like that? And yep. they made the playoffs and took the Rockets to seven. Like, it, it, it's, it's pretty undeniable at this point, his impact. Yeah, lastly, um, I feel like someone in my, you know, here at the sports fellows, man, we're not we're not biased, but I I I'm if you follow me on Twitter, you know I'm not a biased person. But Damian Lillard is not getting enough love this season. He's averaging twenty nine, five and seven on sixty three percent true shooting percentage. The Blazers are thirteen and ten. They're the fifth seed. His teammates have missed sixty six plus games. CJ has missed like ten already. Nurkic just missed like ten. Um, Derek Jones Jr. missed a couple. Zach Collins hasn't even played. Um, Damian Lillard deserves to be a starter in the All-Star game over Luka. And this is not me being a hater, but if you look at the stats, you look at the standings, because a lot of people try to say that, oh, the standings don't matter. So if the standings don't matter, that means that Jokic should be the MVP, when in reality the MVP should be Embiid, given that the mm-hmm. Sixers look like a whole different team without him on the floor. They're the first seed in the East. And... <clears throat> Earlier, I was looking at stats, and the Sixers have had an easy schedule this year. I think it's been the easiest, but, like, me and Eric talk about this all the time. You play who's in front of you. Uh, same thing in the NFL. Yeah. Those teams um, that you get in your division are based on the last year performing. So, the Sixers can't pick and choose who they want to play. So, up to now, I think – I don't know if you guys agree, but I think that MB should be the MVP to complete the second. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Embiid this, this year has been just – insane special player this is this is what you expect from somebody like Embiid you know especially if he's healthy just just potentially a top five player in in terms of like skill set he's just a great player does it on both sides of the basketball of the court I mean and going back to Damian Lillard yeah you you had to put in a little praise for Damian Lillard right you had to but come on bro uh yeah Lillard I mean Lily, yeah, he's been just – what is he? Almost averaging like almost 30 points a game? Yeah, 29.4. Uh, I think the record is a little bit suspect, you know, 13 and 10. But when you compare it to Luka, I think he deser- deserves to be uh, the starter. But who who would you start alongside him? Oh, Steph, obviously. Steph? Yeah, I agree yeah, with that. Talking about Steph, I, I think it is kind of funny how I see everyone always talking about, oh, Steph should be in the MVP conversation. Look at the team he's playing with. Well, he's 13 and, what, 12? Dame is 13 and 10, putting up damn near equal stats. 
and all his teammates are missing games constantly. Like, why isn't he? Why isn't he getting the same MVP love from everybody? It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, but you know, we're not we're not biased here to sports, fellas. We all know Steph is better. Mm-hmm. We all know he's a top ten. No, one hundred percent. But we can talk about what's going on right now, and we can talk 100%. about he's putting up pretty much equal stats on a team with a better record. And you can't say that he just has way more help when all his help is constantly hurt. CJ missed, what, 13 games? Nurkic has missed 12. Like, you have to admit that he if you're going to say Curry is in the MVP race, then you have to put Dame right there as well. I mean, people are putting Jokic, and he and they're like the ninth seed. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not hmm. – NBA, NBA Twitter, quote-unquote, is not consistent. At all. Never will um, be. Yeah, um, never has. <laughs> absolutely. Moving on to our second topic of the day. Um, there was no Hall of Famer selected this year. Um, Eric, what do you think about that? Do you think that Barry Bonds should be a Hall of Famer? Do you think he should be left out? Or what do you, what do you got on your mind? I think he should absolutely be a Hall of Famer. I mean, I, I, I understand the whole steroids argument. But, like, anyone who watched him – saw how dominant he was. You can even look at the stats if you want to. You see how dominant he was. And even before his PEDs, before steroids and everything, he was still having a Hall of Fame career. Like, it, it's pretty obvious they should be. And it's annoying that just a group of panelists or analysts or whatever you want to call them, it's annoying that they get to control who makes it or not. Because I'm sorry, they're just not right here, in my opinion. Y'all might disagree, but I think he should 100% be in the Hall of Fame. Tifu, what do you think? Absolutely. You know, when you really think about it, if Barry Bonds shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, then who should? You know, <laughs> that's insane a good player. Like, what are you what are you guys on about? Um, it's like, should we especially in the, the time that he was playing in the 90s where taking store steroids was like a regular thing? You know, he assimilated with the baseball culture. Should he be like <clears throat> attacked for that? No. You know, I, I believe he easily should be in the Hall of Fame. And, this, and what Eric said, these guys, these little dorks, like trying to say that he shouldn't be in it, you're, you're insane. He obviously should be in it. I, I just the, – the argument that I always have is like if I take steroids tomorrow – folks, I'm not going to do it. If I take steroids tomorrow, <laughs> am I going to hit 762 home runs? Like, oh, yeah. Like, I don't think people realize that in baseball, you have a millisecond, not even, like, 0.08 seconds to make a decision if you're going to swing the bat or not. So, like, to be able to hit over 700 home runs by doing that, like, it's insane. And, and you can make the argument, obviously, and I'm sure it did. The steroids obviously helped him. They made him a better player. But if you take away the steroids, which we saw him, some of his career without it, we saw how dominant he still was, like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. I, I, I I don't see why he's not in it. It's annoying that he got robbed another year of it, and it's probably going to happen again next year because I don't know what would change. Like, it's just – it's ridiculous. Tifu, is A-Rod a Hall of Famer? It, all biases aside, Absolutely. like I said, here the sports fellas were not biased. Is A-Rod a Hall of yes. Famer? Yes. Absolutely. And I was about to bring up that question right now because you know how much we love Aaron, uh, Alex Rodriguez. Yes, that's sir. our that's our guy. That's and I just want I also want to say what about uh, David Ortiz? You know? I think that's that's the funny thing is I think he's gonna get in. Yeah. 
Uh, that's the reason is why, because everyone likes, uh, what's his name? Everyone likes Ortiz, man. Big Poppy. So it's definitely, it's at the end of the day, they need to be consistent. And I just, it's just insane. I just, I, I don't like it at all. I think everybody, not everybody. I mean, uh, Alex Rodriguez, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, guys like that. Even me as the Yankees fan, Andy Pettit, you know, I think they all deserve to be in it. I agree. 100%. Now, Mr. Nolan Arenado got traded away for pennies, literally pennies. The Rockies traded Arenado $51 million for five prospects, and one of them is at best a number four starter. Arenado finished third in MVP in 2018. He's had three top five finishes, three-time home run champion, two-time RBI champion, five-time all-star, eight-time gold glover, four-time silver slugger, and a four-time platinum glove award, which means that you were the best fielder in the game. So, Eric, there's controversy on Arenado and his splits away from course Field. What do you think about this trade for the Cardinals? I mean, I, it obviously makes them better. I was already kind of high on the Cardinals. I thought they were a team that looked pretty good last year. The record wasn't all amazing. It was worse than the year before, but I still think they have a lot of talent. And adding a player like Arenado, I mean, they, it was a great trade for them. I still, I still don't understand. What did they, like – it was like $50 million. How did it work exactly? I saw two different articles. Explain yeah, yeah, they traded right. away Arenado and $51 million. They're basically giving them money to take him. Bro, like, I think that's a great deal. That's insane. Like, I that's wish insane. the Astros would have made that deal. I, would, I think any team would want, want to make that deal. And I think it instantly makes them better. Like, I don't see how you could look at this in any way other than saying it's a fantastic trade for them. With getting a player like him, one of the best players in the game. Tifu is is Arenado a course field merchant? Listen, everyone s- says that about a lot of Rockies players. I can just say talk to you about the one that's on my team, DJ LeMahieu. Look what he's done as soon as he came as the Yankees, probably arguably our best player. So I, I I disagree with that. Arenado is just a great great player, and imagine being paid to bring in Arenado. <laughs> what the hell is going on over there? In the Rockies, and I feel bad for Rockies fans. Just, just blows my mind. Like you said, they got back prospects, but they didn't even get one back one number five prospect. It's ridiculous. So it's disgusting, and it just goes to show about how the management out there in the Rockies just don't know. I mean, they've paid when they gave Arenado that contract, they knew they weren't going to keep him. They overpaid for him more than they should considering everything, their financial situation. So, no, I disagree. I disagree. I think he's a great player, and he's going to be really good for, for the Cardinals. 100%. I agree. Yeah. Um, Arenado hit 322 at home compared to 263 away. Um, but in the last five years, he's seventh in win above replacement. He's third in slugging percentage. I think he's sixth in OPS, and he's a 300 hitter. So I think I think personally this trade moves the needle for the Cardinals because they have him and they have Goldschmidt and they have Tommy Edmond. So it was like a it was a win now move, and it's also good because like they're literally taking in like fifty one million dollars. Yeah, and it, there's something about um, <laughs> the Cardinals for bringing in L- NL West uh, stars, you know, like you said before, Goldschmidt. Uh, I guess it's a year. tradition for them. Yeah. yeah so. I feel like Shout the Cardinals the are one fans. of those teams you just can't hate unless they're like an NL Central yeah. fan. You know? how, how do you expect yeah. the division to go? You think they where, – where do you think they finish? I think they're going to win the division, honestly. 
That was such a weird division, too. Like, it, it yeah. felt like nobody wanted to win it, you know? Yeah, yeah, But yeah. I think – but now that they got Arenado, I think they're definitely the favorites. Yeah, because the, the Cubs are going nowhere. Um, the Brewers are mediocre. The Pirates are the Pirates. Maybe the Reds could could fight it out. I know the Reds haven't, like, done mm-hmm. – last. I mean, I think last year they got – yeah, last year they got swept in the playoffs. But I feel like the Cardinals are going to be the team to beat again. Well, I mean, even like he said, it seemed like nobody wanted to win that division. I think what didn't the Cubs win? And I think they had the worst record of any division winner in the league last year. So, I mean, they only went 34 and 26. And of course, it was a shortened season, so it's harder to judge them. But like that, that division feels kind of open between the Reds, Cardinals, Brewers. I think the only one that's really honestly everyone except the Pirates. Except yeah. The Pirates. Yeah. Pretty much all except for yeah. the Pirates. Yeah. Yep. Moving on to our last topic of the day, the best topic of the day, the National Anthem. The Champions League is back next week. Um, Tifu, what match are we looking forward to the most? Listen, as a United fan, it hurts me. <laughs> to, especially how we lost the group, the group being number one throughout each match week but listen i'm still gonna watch my favorite match to be quite honest i really like uh borussia Munchen gladback versus manchester city it might not be the biggest on paper because you know you got barcelona psg atletico chelsea but i like that style of football on both teams Munchen gladback with uh marco uh, rose attacking team that go forward they go for it and i think that might give city some trouble considering if you look at um what, what how city have lost uh i re- i like for one uh match was when they when they versed monaco where they struggle against that young uh attacking team so that's going to be going to be interesting am i going to say mucho godback is going to beat city no i'm not going to do that Manchester City are probably the favorites to win the Champions League this year, as they were for like probably the last two years. Oh come so on! So that's probably my <laughs> listen. You know, I, I had to, to I had to get that. I respect it, bro. You gotta get that slander off. I respect it. Listen, you know, you know that bold fraud over there. I know you hate to hear it, but hey. I'm gonna say, <laughs> I'm gonna say it. But it's, yes, it's funny you say that. I, so the other day on Twitter, someone said, "What's stopping City from winning the league?" And someone literally said Guardiola. Would you agree with that? I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, when you look at last year, they probably would have been to the final if Raheem Sterling scored that goal. But I feel like Pep does over – he's smart. He tries to be super smart, especially with his tactics. He overthinks it. And I think that's that's a real, real issue. It is, especially in the Champions League. I think he's been unlucky a lot. You look at the Spurs fixture, VAR, all this stuff. But I think he does. I think he is, really. But we'll see. We'll see this year. Yeah, Manchester City is undefeated in their last 21 games. They haven't lost since November 21st. They scored 49 goals and they've allowed five. And on the other hand, Munchen Gladbach, it's seventh in the league. They've won six of their last 10 games. And they beat Dortmund and Bayern. Um, Eric, I know you're a big Chelsea fan, but I'm going to give you a great stat. 24 of the last 30 um, direct matches between Spanish and English teams, Spain has won. 
Now, now that you know that stat, how do you feel about this game? Uh, that it justifies everything I was about to say, that Chelsea are not going to win against Atletico. <laughs> I do not think we're beating them. I think we look better since getting rid of Lampard. And here's the thing. I've been a Chelsea fan for a year, a year and a half. I don't have some emotional connection, nostalgic thing with Frank Lampard. I was glad to see him gone. Good riddance. I'm sorry, but he was not doing a good job for us. We look a lot better with uh, Tuchel, or I don't know how people say it. I've seen Yeah, him. yeah, Thomas Tuchel. That's what I thought. And um, we look a lot better with them. But Atletico, they are, they've looked so good every time I've watched them. They're dominating La Liga right now. I just don't see us winning this game. Like, I'll, I'll be – I think we could keep it relatively close. Maybe even get a draw on one of the legs. But I don't think we win either one, and I don't think we win the matchup. But – Nah, I'll be pretty shocked if we win, but we'll have to see. Um, Bayern Lazio, we both got Bayern. We all three of us got Bayern winning that match. Yeah, 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 easily. Come on now. Next, we have Leipzig Liverpool. Leipzig has only lost two of the last fifteen matches, and Liverpool looks shaky. They beat Crystal yeah. Palace seven zero, and they've only won three games out of their last like ten games since, and they've scored fourteen goals and have allowed fourteen goals. Um, Tifu, what do you think about this game? I know you like watching German sides, especially watching Leipzig. Their manager is good for you. You want him at your club. But what do you think about that yeah. that um, key? Man, it's definitely a tough time for Liverpool. And it, I'm definitely ex- happy for it. Fuck Liverpool uh, <laughs> as a United fan. So I love uh, – love everything happening out there, but definitely a tough matchup. Like you said, Nagelsmann, somebody that I, I adore. Won him at Old Trafford. I think considering the talent that they have in RB and talent that Liverpool don't have, of course, due to injury, I think RB win that. I, I think they're going to win it. Just, ooh, ooh, we gotta, I agree. Just, I didn't know if that was going to be a hot take and I'd be alone on that, but I think, I think they take it. By the way, when we say um, fuck Liverpool, it's nothing personal. So, prayers, yeah, and prayers to Jurgen Klopp and his family. Um, hopefully, they can get some peace soon. Hopefully, they can see their mom soon because, like, it's genuinely not fair that in the world we live in today, we see people traveling from country to country, um, partying and shit. And we're not, we're not like, we're not going to hide it. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people out there that party and they're fucking selfish and all this other bullshit. Yeah, Klopp can go see his mom for his funeral. So our thoughts and prayers yeah. are with Jurgen Klopp and with the Liverpool community, and we wish him to find peace, especially during this time where his team isn't getting results, and now it's just it's it's a low blow with like the peak of the season coming up, really, because the Premier League mm-hmm. is going to start to get complicated, and he has a Champions League match to look forward to. Yeah, it seems like yeah, definitely a tough situation. Um, next mm-hmm. we got Juventus Oporto. There's um, similarities. So both teams have lost two of the last 25 games. Um, Eric, I don't know if you watch Serie A or not, or Oporto. Do you have any comments on this game? Uh, the only league I really don't keep up with at all is League One. So I've watched – I mean, I've watched PSG, but that's about it in that league. I, uh, I watched Juventus a decent bit because everyone talks about how great Ronaldo is, so I want to be able to watch one of the greatest ever. And I, I expect them to win. I haven't really seen – how like Porto? I've only seen one game, I think, from them, so I don't really know how well they are. But just off namesake and my little knowledge on it, I'm just gonna take Juventus in this. Um, Tifu, we all know if you've been living on that rock, we all know that you're a big Ronaldo guy, and you want to see him win that six Champions League. Well, what do you think about this matchup? 
Because before we talk about Ronaldo, because I can go all night about Ronaldo. You know how much I love him. He's my goat, Andres. Relax. I know. I know. Every time you can get some slander out on Ronaldo. <laughs> Come on, man. We're, we're objective know. here, bro. We're objective here, bro. Come on now. Understandable. Understandable. But I also have to say I'm a big Liga Norse guy. I love my Portuguese football. So I know a little bit about Porto. Porto are a good team. People sleep on them. People sleep on them. They got good talent. So, but, but. Juventus, star power. I don't see them going far in the Champions League because I don't like the overall talent. and the Their coaching. midfield is just, like, mediocre. Yeah, it's, it's, it's no creativity at all from that midfield. Uh, they're basically Ronaldo FC. Everything got to come from Ronaldo. Like, who else are you going to expect them to score? Morata, Weston like, McKinney, baby. <laughs> yeah, listen, we got you got to shout out Weston. That's our guy. Oh, yeah. our guy. Shout That's out to Weston McKinney, man. Shout out to U.S. We players. Love him. Except for Polish. Absolutely. Uh, okay, <laughs> understandable. But uh, <laughs> Ronaldo, uh, I'm not even going to say Juventus. Ronaldo's going to win, bro. Simple. Eric, you got Juventus as well? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I got Juventus too. And moving on to one of the most intriguing matchups, Barcelona and PSG. For the newcomers of football, four years ago, Barcelona beat six. Barcelona beat PSG 6-1 at home, overcoming a four-goal deficit. And now they meet again, but the teams are completely different. Um, Ronaldo missed the first Juventus-Barca game due to COVID. And then in the second game, they beat Barca 3-0. Since that game, Barca has only lost twice, which was the Sevilla game this past, Tuesday, this past Wednesday, and then the Super Cup game against Atleti Club. PSG has a new manager in Poach, and they're third in the league, and they've lost two of their last 15 games. So, Tifu, with your bias of Messi aside, who do you have winning this draw, given that Neymar just got injured? Okay, okay, hold up. I'm not biased against Messi. I think he's <laughs> beautiful. He's a beautiful footballer, and I love watching him. I just don't think he's the GOAT, okay? It's okay to be second. That It's okay. It's okay. Like, I don't – it feels like every single time you talk about Messi, it's like I'm attacking him. I'm not. You are, Okay? Bro. It's not slander. It's not. It's not at all. I swear it's not. I love Messi, and he's definitely – honestly, he might be one of my favorite players. Honestly. There you have it, folks. It's recorded. <laughs> it's set in stone. There's no going back. <laughs> exactly. But he's not better than Ronaldo. But going back to the game, Barcelona, Paris Saint-Germain – especially with the news coming out today about Neymar missing the match, the first leg, I believe. Uh, this is what, the seventh season in a row? Uh, questionable about that, but <sighs> difficult game. I think Barca Barcelona are kind of uh, in and out of form, like you said, talking about they were in great form. They are winning games. They were playing good. You know, you had Antoine Griezmann. You know how much I love Antoine. He was yeah, playing good. Sure. Shout out to the good. Blues. Exactly. Uh, so, but PSG still got Mbappe. Got guys like Di Maria. Icardi, how much people talk about Icardi. You Icardi love Di Maria, so bro. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, have, I have things that I want to say about him, but I ain't going to say it on air because <laughs> I'm going to be respectful because I'm on your show. <laughs> if it was on my podcast, I'll let it fly. But, you know, <laughs> oh uh, they still got threat. I think the defense is going to be better. Kempempe, Mocrinos. Uh, So, I think PSG going to win this game, even without Neymar. 
Whoa. I you think they're going to win both like... legs? Or they're going to advance? I think, they... I think they're going to advance. Is yeah, think... okay. The first game is at Cam I... New. Right? Is Namor out both legs? I think he's out four weeks. They might try to rush him, but I don't know if they will. That's... So, questionable still, you know. Yeah. I still think PSG get it done. Really, I do. Eric, what are your thoughts about this game? Um, I I, I don't know, man. With PS with uh, Neymar not being there for PSG, I think that's going to be a lot tougher. I everyone always talks, and again, I hope nobody gets mad at me for any of my opinions. I'm getting carried in this segment about football. I don't know who coaches <laughs> them, but man, I'm gonna be honest. Every time I watch PSG. Mbappe does not look all that great to me. Like But I'm just throwing oh, this out shit. there. Y'all can do it. Y'all can hate me for it. He just has not looked like a top ten or not top ten, top five player in the world, like I hear some people say. I just haven't seen that from him. So without Neymar, I think I'm I, I don't think they win it, to be honest. With if he's not in both legs, I, I don't see them beating Barcelona. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I have La Liga agendas to continue to push, so I'm I am rooting for Barca to win this game. No, I'm just then this go exactly back to the call the argument we had about college football and the Big Twelve and all that. You are that's, that's different, bro. That is so much different. You're contradicting yourself. No, no, no. no. That is so uh, much different. Bro. No, we talked about that's different because people think the English Premier League is the best league in the world. Okay, right? SEC fans think the SEC is the best in the world. You still argued against that. It's, it's different though. I'm not rooting for them to win the Champions League. I'm just rooting for them to get past PSG because then people are gonna say that that La Liga isn't as good anymore, and it's not. And it's mainly due to CR7 leaving for Juventus. Okay, um, but so next – Moving then, on to the oh next game. Listen, man, I, I got agendas <laughs> to push, bro. Yeah, yeah, Who knows yeah. about that? I mean, we got agendas. Also, the Mbappe agenda, man. I was um, going to bring that up. You have that Mbappe agenda. Come on out. <laughs> I, 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 I like him a little bit more than – a lot of people because nah, but you, listen, but but he, him. listen, we could say that for another podcast episode. But who was better in the World Cup? Griezmann was better, was he not? Yeah, he was. Conte was better, was he not? He was. Varane was better. <laughs> he sounds so defeated. Loris, Ugo mm. Loris was better. Listen, man, if you put mm. Tifu on that France starting eleven instead of Mbappe, they would have probably won the World Cup too. Listen, I'm winning the Golden Boot, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I don't know the stats or anything. I'm just basing off the few games I've watched, and I just haven't been extremely impressed or seen this, like, world-class, like, top player that yeah. ever. Mbappe is class. I'm not going to hate sure him in this whole segment, but. I'm not trying to say he's not. I'm just saying based on the little bit I've seen. And I want to emphasize that. It's a little. It's not a lot. So, I don't. I haven't watched every game this season to make that opinion. I've watched probably six or seven PSG games. And that's what I'm basing it off of. So Listen, there's I'm not gonna be that guy, but I'm, I'm gonna be that guy. There's a lot of Americans on Twitter that think they know everything, they think watch every league. So there's nothing wrong with saying that you haven't watched oh, a lot of I games. I don't know anything hardly, so I'm it, not gonna be that guy. So on our next um key, we got Sevilla and Dortmund. Um Sevilla's fourth in the league. They've lost one of the last fifteen matches, which was to Atletico, who is currently running away with the league. And Dortmund is sixth in the league. They lost four of the last 10 games. But in the Champions League, they finished first with 12 goals scored, five goals allowed, and Erling Haaland has 16 goals and 13 UCL matches. Now, Tifu, you know I'm a big Marco Rose guy, so go easy. What do you yeah. think about this matchup? 
Ah, man. Severe are a dark horse in this competition. You know, not to win it, but to go far. And this team is really, really good. So underappreciated this year, especially with acquisition of this past transfer winner of Papi Gomez. Uh, that's That team is... I'm going. I'm gonna go with Sevilla. Dortmund are really in shambles. Like they, I think they just recently lost this past weekend. The defense is so suspect, especially and against this Sevilla team that can score goals. Great talent across the pitch and that. Good coaching. You're the former Real Madrid coach manager. Uh, I like their chances to win. It might be an upset, but I'm gonna go with Sevilla. And you forgot to mention the the best midfielder on their team, bro. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, the the the, the guy that just scored this past uh, couple yesterday, <laughs> that guy, Rakitic. He ain't the only. Hey, listen, he ain't the only player that got better after leaving Barcelona. Oh, oh, Dang. listen, man. Here, are the sports fellas, we push agendas and we're not biased. Just, just so Absolutely. you guys know. You know, we out here. Eric, what do you think about this matchup? I don't know if you know too much about Dortmund, but they've been really shaking the league. Yeah, they haven't had an identity of football, and Sevilla's been playing really, really well. What do you think about this game? Uh, I know, I know a decent about uh, Bundesliga is probably the league I know the second most about after Premier League. Shout out to Mark on uh, Twitter. He's he he's the reason I'm a Wolfsburg fan. But hey, whoa! Shout out Mark. Yeah, shout out Mark. Anyway, there that's probably the league I've kept up the second most with, and I've seen that Dortmund has looked extremely shaky at certain times. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know much about this matchup specifically, but I do remember watching Chelsea play Sevilla in their, uh, in the group stage and Sevilla's defense is their defense is pretty great. Like from what I've seen, or at least those two games, their defense looked really good. I think they've allowed probably the, I think when I checked, it was the second least goals in La Liga so, I think I think they have a solid chance, but I think I'd still just lean Dortmund on this matchup, to be honest. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if Sevilla pulled off the win. Um, regardless of who wins this matchup, I win regardless because I always do. No. So, I do think Sevilla could win this matchup, honestly. But like I said before, Dortmund has that flip. They flipped a switch in the Champions League so far. But we'll see what happens. I mean – Sevilla is well coached. Like I said before, um, I told um, Tifu this months ago, um, we weren't fair to Lopetegui because they had the fatigue from the World Cup. So asking mm-hmm. a team that just won three Champions League, just played in a World Cup, to come out and get results, it was difficult. That's why in January, February, we started winning games and winning games and winning games. So um, I do feel like um, Sevilla could win this matchup. And like you said, I don't know if it would be an upset. Our last matchup, Last but not least, the greatest team in the history of the sport, Real Madrid, is facing Atalanta. Atalanta has lost two of the last 20 games, and unfortunately, the injury plague has been beating our ass. We have nine players injured, four starters. Um, Tifu, what do you think about this game? Like you said, the injuries for Real Madrid are very tough. Very tough. But... Atalanta, talking about Sevilla, they lost a very big player for that team in Papu Gomez. It's definitely tough because we got to see what players are going to play for Real by that by 
but when you guys do play, but I'm still ha how can you bet against Real really? You know, I think it's honestly I'm so torn, but I'm gonna still go Real Madrid. Hopefully, Eric, chat to me. What do you think? No look, I don't. Uh, hmm. well, I don't even know who are all the players injured for Real. Like who? Or at least literally everyone, bro. Like, I think you said there's four starters injured. Who's the four starters? Uh, Ramos is injured. Valverde is injured. Carvajal is injured. Hazard is injured. Well, you know, I'm gonna go out on a bold take then, just based on that. I'm gonna take. Uh, <laughs> wait, I'm gonna take Atlanta. Wow. You know, just to annoy you. And if I'm right, then I'm gonna shove it in your face. <laughs> I'm taking Atlanta. <laughs> Wow, we're pushing agendas here. Still. It, it's it's definitely a tricky fixture to predict, really. I do still believe Real Madrid still have enough quality to get it done. Because Atalanta, we know about their defense. Their defense is just non-existent. It's Italian so football still, plays defense, but Atalanta does not. Yeah, it, that's why, you know, they were the hipster choices last year, you know. Yeah, but after they I beat Valencia. Yeah, so I just do not see them winning, really. I don't. I think Real Madrid, like I said before, they still got a lot of quality. If you're talking about guys like Benzema, Vinicius Jr., I know Real Madrid fans, I know guys like to hate him. I think I still think he can do a job. Uh, and their midfield is still really good. Madras, Kroos, Casemiro. Casemiro, I keep saying it, he's been the best CDM in the world. So, we'll see. Yeah. And um, hopefully we go through. Right? Hopefully this is the year that the, the two-year um, round of 16 curse breaks, quote-unquote. But I think we could get it done. Um, Tifu, before we conclude our program, do you want to tell us where we could reach your podcast? You can reach our podcast on all platforms that have, that have podcasts, you know. Uh, we also are on social media. We're on both Twitter and Instagram, at ShirtVSkin. Uh, you can also check me out on my personal uh, social medias, uh, Adriatinika, A-D-R-I-A-T-I-K-N-I-K. And, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Eric, any conclusion to this episode? Um, I, I, I think the main thing I've taken, like, the main thing that's still on my mind from this entire episode is the Nolan Arenado trade. I still just can't believe that was done how it was done. <laughs> but other than that, I'm excited to watch Champions League. Absolutely. 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 Baby, can I say one more thing? Yes, sir. One more thing. It might be off topic or anything. Shout out Eli fucking Manning, bro. <laughs> Beat the goat twice. Just saying. Yo. Put some respect on his name. The Hall of Famer. Put some respect. Yes, sir. Oh, uh, we needed that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, before before I go, like I said, I'm gonna say it again. Thoughts and prayers to Jurgen Klopp and his family. So um, hopefully they can find peace. It's you. Um, my mom told me this years ago. She still continues to tell me you only get one mom in life. So hopefully yeah. thoughts and prayers to Jurgen Klopp. This has been everything for episode five of the Sports Fellas podcast. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe, and I'll see you on the next one. Yeah.